Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board to WKOK's live telephone talk show, On The Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. I am in the right. Joe is in the wrong. And we haven't even said anything yet. Well, that's your take on this situation. I disagree completely. (laughs) So I'm in the wrong and you're in the right? I would say that's accurate, yes. We haven't even said anything yet, and already we are divided. Well, I know that you're thinking wrong thoughts, even as you're not saying them. Well, that is right. You're right. I am always thinking wrong thoughts about you. What the heck is wrong with him? What the heck is wrong with you? Okay, so there is. That's why I never go to visit Marktopia. Plus, this idea that you have a wall around it and you need a passport to get in, even though it's in the U.S. Or Joetopia, I mean, has a wall around it. It just makes me nervous. I hear the weather's bad this time of year in Marktopia. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Why? High humidity. People are testy. They're getting nasty with one another. Getting so. touchy. Yeah, getting touchy. Everybody's a little wound up in Marktopia. I know. Mark hasn't been there in time to calm them down. You know, you need to go back to your kingdom and tell them to <laughs> cool it. It's a fiefdom. A fiefdom, and you are the fief. <laughs> All right. Boy, this is no wonder uh, Mike turns the radio off when he hears this frivolity. All right. Well, welcome on board, everybody. It is the WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. Joe McGranahan's a good conservative. He's a natural-born Republican. Uh has uh, no, I'm a natural-born listener. I chose to be a Republican. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> has basic not ear plugs, but ear filters in that prevent uh, any opposing viewpoints from being heard in an accurate way. I'm Mark Lawrence. I'm objective, intellectual, huh. and very clearly interested in all sides. Intellectual? <laughs> My, have you? Does the words do the words self-aggrandizement ring a bell with you? <laughs> all right. No, I think people people who know me. People who know you, you know you're not opposite is true. (laughs) All right, boy, we got one call ready and another one on the way. You are adequate. Busy, busy. And I am adequate. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) All right. On the mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our telephone number is 570-743-9565. That's 570-743-WKOK. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com and text us at 70236. Always include the keyword O. Big day yesterday. Do you know what happened? Tim Scott, Senator Tim Scott, went on The View. I saw that. And ate their lunch. (laughs) (laughs) And I saw that... they wouldn't let uh, the audience boo because he just one thing he said the the audience didn't like what he was talking about yeah. and they booed him and uh, Whoopi Goldberg put a stop to that and right, I give her no high marks for that. But you know it's interesting. Co-host Sonny Houston pressed Scott to define systemic racism, noting that he was the first African American to be elected.
elected to the Senate in the South since Reconstruction. She called Scott and herself the exception, but not the rule in America. Scott then reminded her that the U.S. has had an African-American president, vice president, and two secretaries of state. He said, and this is what I like, he said, this is a dangerous, offensive, disgusting message to send to our young people today that the only way to succeed is by being the exception. And he's absolutely right. Yeah, explain that. What what did he mean and what do you mean? He meant that the that you have to be, ex- in their view, you have to be exceptional to get out of the cycle of poverty or whatever, that um, or low expectations, as our friend Stan calls it, the tyranny of low expectations. They're saying, what Scott's saying, is that anybody can make it if they're willing to work, you know, and put the effort into whatever it is they want to achieve. Okay. Isn't that the American dream? Isn't that the American way? Well, there's plenty of underachievers who work hard to get ahead but aren't able to do so. What's the difference between well, somebody the who's the exception and someone who's the rule? There are no, I think what his argument is, is that there are nothing systemic in their path. They may have their own limitations, they may have their own disabilities or obstacles to overcome, but there are no legal obstacles for them anymore not to achieve success. I think that was his point. Okay, so anybody can as long as they work hard enough. But isn't that the case? If you had slopped through life not giving a darn about what happened to you, where do you think you'd be today? (laughs) I don't think you'd be here. Do you? Uh, I wouldn't be. I can tell you for a fact I wouldn't be. I'd be home. supposed to be a revisiting of the... uh, It's supposed to be a nice day to cut grass. (coughs) Well, you can look at it that way. So, okay. um, All right. So, yeah, I don't really follow that... Individuals who follow this, that follow systemic racism, know that there there certainly has been in the U.S. Whether there is today, we certainly can have that debate. But uh, uh, I just I just think that there are certain people who have been surrounded by people helping them and pushing them that have helped them to be e- exceptions. You know, so but is that look at any Dr. different Carson. than white people? Uh, no, isn't it any no. different than Asian but people? But I'm just somebody, saying that somebody it, it, matters you, somebody pushes you to succeed. Right, it, it really isn't necessarily a black or white issue. But I think uh, individuals who say there is systemic racism don't look at the exceptions as, to, as proof that it doesn't exist. That's all I'm saying. You can't say, well, you know, look at Dr. Carson; he was able to get up out of poverty, so therefore systemic racism doesn't exist. The truth of the matter is, there's still pockets of racism in some places in the U.S. that may hurt or hinder people. So, Well, there's no argument that, that there are some people who are nasty, mean people who want to hold other or people Or unintentionally may still be holding some people back, women or minorities, or whites. You know, there's probably people out there holding whites back, too. But, you know, the days of Jim Crow laws and the days of poll taxes and things like that are gone. We mm-hmm. don't have those anymore. Right. People can vote. Well, sometimes can having a law for or against something doesn't necessarily make it go away. But it doesn't necessarily make it not go away either. I mean, let's face it. If we have a law that says you can't discriminate and you discriminate and somebody finds that you discriminated, you're in trouble. And they can prove it. Right. Unless, of course, it's gay or trans. Then then you can still discriminate. All right. 570-743-95. Marktopia's in full bloom today. Well, I'm just saying (laughs) those aren't protected classes, so you can still discriminate against somebody who's gay. You can say, I'm not hiring any gays around here. I don't think you can. I Uh, I think think that is. They are protected classes. I think you should check that. I will check that. 570-743-9585. 
<laughs> and I'll do a lot of words while you do that. 570-743-9565 is our telephone number. You can email us at on the mark at WKOK.com. You can text us at 70236. I know one-eighth of one molecularly small percentage about systemic racism, but what's your view on that, folks? We'd love to hear about that. And, of course, Senator Tim Scott running for office for president, so he's in the race. He went right in the belly of the beast yesterday and was on The View, so he got his points across. Uh, and so we talked about that. But it is a 100% open day today. We'll talk about the topic of your selection. Bobby D., what's on your mind today on an open day? Yes, um, good morning, everyone. As far as the, you know, being successful in a certain field, I mean, I started at WKOK. I was fortunate to be trained by the announcers and, and the engineers, and, uh, you know, a lot of that uh, hard training, and, of course, you know, Joe will agree with this. You know, back, you know, when, when you studied to do news and everything else, uh, there was, a am going to say, good educational programs as well as, uh, as on-the-job training, and that, I think, counts in any field, not just broadcasting. The big thing they had to do was give you strength training so you could run the manual typewriter that we had in the newsroom so you could bang away at that. But, uh, yeah, you're right. I know things are evolving very fast, so lots of things are changing fast. Thank you, Bobby. Thanks for calling in. All right. No need to say goodbye. Just hang up. <laughs> Stan, you are next up. It is, you are ob obliged to say goodbye on our show. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. When you're uh, done. Good morning. When you're uh, done. Point of, point of fact, Bart, there is racism worldwide. Right. No argument. All right. Not just in the U.S. There are idiots in the U.S., but there are idiots around the world that commit acts of racism daily. So, Well, that's comforting. Could I, yeah, could I well, tell you something? It's the truth. Uh, Mark asked, said something that gay uh, gay people were not a protected class, and, and as usual, he is wrong. Okay. If you're Jeez. wondering, is sexual orientation a protected class? The answer is yes. Sexual orientation is a personal quality that is protected from discrimination. The federal government's Equal Opportunity Employment Policy was amended in 1998 by President Clinton to include sexual orientation as a protected hmm. class. Okay. So you are wrong. Right, on the federal government. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> Uh, people who are informed on this in Pennsylvania s uh, talk about the fact there's no state uh, protections to this, but of doesn't course doesn't need to be. There's federal, right? The federal would oversee. All right. Well, fantastic. Well, thank you. I stand schooled. Stan, go right ahead. <laughs> yes, go ahead, Stan. Uh, well, you know, as far as you know, everybody's crying systemic racism stuff. It's, in my opinion, it's people need to overcome whatever obstacles in their way. Now, I saw a clip one of all persons. Instagram feed Joy Reads, okay? And I actually agreed with what she put out there. To a point, the way she framed it, eh, probably not so much, but over in Britain, you have the Britain's Got Talent show, just like they do here, America's Got Talent show, okay? <clears throat> there was a black kid, I don't know how old, because I don't know if they said, but he came out and he danced, okay? Now, his obstacle to overcome was he only had one leg. He used uh, crutches, yeah, the ones that go on the arms. They're, 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 there's a name that uh, the people that use them call them. I don't know what they are, but they weren't regular crutches. They were the ones with the cuff and, uh, and a hand grip, okay? That's what he used to help him dance. He'd be on one, but he could dance a thousand times better than me any day of the week, okay? 
He had an obstacle to overcome. He overcame it, and he mastered it. Okay? So don't I, I don't want to hear people complain and whine that there is obstacles in their way when a person like this can come out there and do what he did. All right? He had everybody in the freaking auditorium, which is thousands of people on their feet, you know, demanding that he get the golden buzzer. I don't know if you watch your show, you know what the golden buzzer is, but I don't watch it often because I'm never home. But, you know, but they were saying to the judges there, we, we already gave it. We gave too many. We gave them out. We don't have any more because they each get one golden buzzer, which is to pass them through to the final show, whatever, whatever it is. So they all went together and pushed it at one time to satisfy the crowd. So obstacles can be overcome. It's a mindset. And the, the left pushes constantly that people are downtrodden and they can't perform or do what they need to do, which we know is a lie. And that's the kind of attitude that needs to stop. But that's not why I called today. No, it's not. <laughs> okay. Well, pray no. tell. Why did you call? Why I called is the two-tiered <laughs> justice system. Okay. Remember the six-year-old first grader that shot his teacher, I think it was last year in Virginia? Right. Okay, the state went after the mother, and the feds have come after the mother, which is warranted. The, the state charged her with child neglect or abuse and child endangerment and some other things. Okay, she plead, she's going to plead guilty to those. The feds came after her because she lied on her firearm form when she purchased it. She was a user of illegal uh, drugs in possession of a firearm. It's a felony. Mm -hmm. She's pleading guilty to that by the feds. The feds. Remember, the federal government makes these laws. They came after them. But as the tier, two-tiered justice system shows, our fine president's son, Hunter, did the exact same thing. And yet he's still not sitting in jail. He's never been charged with it, and he's never pled guilty with it. He just kind of ignores it because the Secret Service helped him get away with it they went to the firearms dealer and they took the form you know and kind of sh swept it all under the rug so, how can they how can they do that how can they sweep it under the rug you obviously have heard about the it president's son but you've heard about it it can't be totally under the rug if you've heard about well, it it's, it's <laughs> not okay but they tried to okay yeah but this so you know how they just they dispose of the gun not the government how the biden's disposed of the gun they took it. The, I guess it was uh, Bo's widow, which at the time was Hunter's girlfriend, which that's a whole other issue. Anyways, took the gun because she was afraid that he had it because he was usually high. Took it to and threw it in a dumpster behind the grocery store that was near a school. Okay, and some homeless guy found it and turned it in. So that's not how you dispose of a gun that you don't want. <laughs> right. But we have yet to see charges brought against him or her. Why is that? Well, we have a two-tiered... Oh, wait, never mind. That's your point. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
Well, you, so, you would think, you know, it's funny how people said President uh, Trump was always, you know, his family was using his name and his family ties. That's not influence peddling. That's just capitalizing on your name. Now, President Biden is more likely to be actually charged with influence peddling. He's more involved in, in making sure that his name is part of these discussions. And so uh, it doesn't surprise me that those are taking a long time. But the gun charge, that's a black and white issue. So, and what was that, what was that uh, seven years ago? I forget how long it was, but it's within the statute of limitations still. Well, and then well, you I also have the FBI. You that. also have the FBI refusing to turn over uh, documents that tend to show that Joe Biden took a bribe when he was vice president. The mm-hmm. uh, Congressman Comey is pushing for that, and may wind up uh, holding the head of the FBI in contempt of Congress over it. So well, there's uh, an attempt to subvert our justice system. As our good listener Chris pointed out yesterday, President Biden can name some things that he chooses to call accomplishments, but at the end of the day, he's still just Joe Biden and uh, just as crooked as everyone else in Washington. The big guy. The big guy as crooked as everyone else in Washington. Should be held accountable, as Hunter should be held accountable, and uh, should step down immediately and let's get a different well, president. Well, if you did the same thing, the- would you be held accountable? <laughs> would you be held accountable? If I lied on a firearm form? Yeah. Uh, not necessarily. That There is tragically spotty enforcement for that. There's actually a record for that. But mostly because local law enforcement would choose not to prosecute. Not so much well, that it would be overlooked so nationally. Okay. You, yeah, fill me in on that. That's in your belly. Uh, okay. Week. I mean, I don't see it often, but in the paper occasionally, you will see where someone tried to purchase a firearm and they had a criminal record. Mm-hmm. And, and the local DA goes after them. Okay, I had one case here where the they came down, the police came down, took the form so they got their you know, they could make a copy of it for evidence against the guy. Now I don't know whatever became of that, you know, as far as the, the guy that tried. Don't know. They, and I had somebody arrested right here in the shop because they had a warrant out for their arrest when they tried to transfer a firearm. So the system does work sometimes. Okay. Well I can tell you that our Shimokinam police file against them all the time. Well, it's fairly right. rapid enforcement, too. It's not decades later. We, uh, Hunter Biden's I'm, weapons offense is a half a decade old. I mean, if they fail the background check, that's when I call for a background check, that's going right to state police. Okay? So if they fail, the cops should be on that, in my opinion. You're right. So it doesn't always happen, and it probably should. But I guess they determine which cases they want to do, but my biggest problem with any of it is, you know, a lot of these criminal cases around, you know, involve drugs and whatever, and they find a gun on the scene, and they charge the guy with illegal possession or whatever. A lot of times, if you delve into it, when it's later on in the case, when they actually get a quote, conviction, because they had a plea deal, the gun charges go away. Okay? It's, you know, and that's the problem, but we're constantly crying, not me, but the people are constantly crying that we need the more gun control, more gun control. Well, if you're not going to enforce the laws that are already on the books and take them out of the hands of criminals and make sure that the criminals that violate those laws serve the penalty that's prescribed by the law, I don't want to hear any more talk. Okay. All right. We got you, sir. Thank you Fair so enough. much. Thanks, Dan. Y'all have a good one. Thank hey, you, too, buddy. buddy. Thank goodbye. you. <laughs> goodbye. See, say goodbye. He said All right. Goodbye. Yes, we got a caller waiting, so we're going to hit the button fast. Mm-hmm. When car repairs get difficult... Well, I... 
just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 630 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the Mm. out of auto repair. Welcome back. WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Joe McGranahan, good co-host here. And uh, Lynn Hall, our fabulous producer on the other side of the glass. What do you know? Well, we didn't get to talk about this yesterday, but I think it's interesting because we get sometimes, I mean, I know there are people that don't like us to discuss religion on the show and other people who think we should be no- doing nothing but that. <laughs> but uh, this is from Salt Lake City. It's an interesting story. The good book is being treated like a bad book in Utah after a parent frustrated by efforts to ban materials from school Schools convinced a suburban district that some Bible verses were too vulgar or violent for younger children. And the Book of Mormon could be next. 72,000 student Davis School District north of Salt Lake City removed the Bible from its elementary and middle schools while keeping it in high schools after a committee reviewed the scripture in response to a parental complaint. The district has removed other titles, including Sherman Alexie's The Absolute True Diary of a Part-Time Indian and John Green's Looking for Alaska, following a 2022 state law requiring that districts include parents in decisions over what constitutes sensitive material. On Friday, a complaint was submitted about the signature scripture of the predominantly faith in Utah, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, widely known as the Mormon Church. District spokesperson Chris Williams confirmed that someone filed a review request for the Book of Mormon, but would not say what reasons were listed, citing a school board privacy policy. He also would not say whether it was from the same person who complained about the Bible. Representatives for the church declined to comment on the challenge. Members of the faith also read the Bible. And Williams said the district doesn't differentiate between requests to review books and doesn't consider whether complaints may be submitted as satire. <laughs> so, you think this is satire? Uh, is this a, what, what did you call this, a case of unintended, unintended consequences? <laughs> you start banning books and then someone right, looks at the Bible the violent. says that there's a lot of begotten going on there and, and how do the people get begot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and how, how, how do some of these uh, Kings get their new wives, and what what are the terrible things that they've done, and violence, and rape, and every other thing that's in Old Testament. So right. I think well, that's then, the dilemma. Uh, where God was going to take some, I forget who it was, his son. Uh, not Abraham, or was it Abraham? Mm, yeah, Jacob, maybe. I don't okay. Know. All, all, all those, all those. Sacrifice, he was going to sacrifice. kill his son on the altar, and then God said, "All no, our no. Old Testament <laughs> lessons blend together." I think Abraham right. is right, but yeah, stoning people. You know, this is not, this is <laughs> well, a violence. You know, this is violence. Oh, well, that's true. Yeah, the New Testament has that. You know, he who's going to 
cast the first stone. I'm not familiar. Are you familiar with either of those books, John Green's Looking for Alaska and The Absolute True Diary of a Part-Time Indian? I'm not certain why they're offensive. Never heard of either of them. I never never did either. if it's, uh, you know, if if they're close personal depictions of someone's personal life and it's graphic detail, well, then, you know, you probably get into all kinds of things that described out might be common activities, but described out aren't ideal. And they they left it in the Bible in high school. They took it away from uh, uh, middle school and uh, elementary school kids. So, you know, they could read it at home. It would be up to the parents to decide whether they read it at home, right? (laughs) Right. But, you know, there is violence there. There is sex. There is, you know, a lot Mm -hmm. of... It's all there. It's all there, right. So (laughs) if we're going to ban To Kill a Mockingbird... Does it make sense to say, okay, well... What's offensive in The Killer of the Mockingbird? The use of the N-word? Or I guess that must be it, because I, I think that's one of the best books ever written. All right. I'm, I'm trying to think back. I mean, it's of course, I read the book in elementary school, and then the movie tainted my recollection of what the, well, what the, the movie book was, was really the about. The movie was very close to the book. I, it wasn't, right. I read, read the book and saw the movie. No, but so. now I don't... I, I had images of what I thought everybody looked like and was doing and what okay. the asylum looked like. And, oh, all right. And what the people look like, but now uh, I think of <laughs> To Kill a Bockenberg, I, I think of, uh, you know, the actors in the film, so um, so that's not the same thing. Well, Who, whose names escape me Gregory at the moment? Peck would be one. Thank you. <laughs> right, thank you. He's not top of the mind to me these days. No, probably not, but he's one of our greatest actors ever, I think. So, All right. No, it's sad that, that, that we've come to this, you know, but when we start banning books, you've got to be careful because the books you like might be banned, too, because so you're, you're meat is somebody else's poison. Everything, everything has something to offend someone. Right. I'm reading a book now called The Witches. It's about the Salem witch trials. Oh, well, that's <laughs> truly offensive and violent. Violent. The they, dunking of women. Right. Well, the fact that they didn't give them fair trials. They just someone said you're a witch, and somebody goes crazy and says that uh, you bewitched me. Salem witch trials. It's it's the original Duncan on the town square. Yes. All right. <laughs> on the mark is brought to you by the Sudbury Motor Company. It's a family-owned dealership since 1915. They got tons of vehicle for you to check out. We've been checking out the two versions <coughs> of the Mustang on this show, and we talked a little bit about the Maverick yesterday, because that's a great uh, vehicle, too. Now, we are going to talk about uh, another stupendous truck from the Ford Motor Company, and uh, that is the Ford F-250. Of course, they're in greater abundance these days, now that the pandemic is over and the uh, shortage is gone. But uh, prices for an F-250 start, believe it or don't, at about $30,000. Of course, you sky's the limit, depending upon how many axles and length of bed and length of seats and number of uh, motors and things like that that you want in it, but there's a wide range of elements to go in a heavy-duty F-250 for your company. Now, you'd be hard-pressed to put $50,000 into it, but I'll tell you what, it's it's a fantastic truck, great fuel mileage these days, diesel available, hybrid available, the F-250. It's If your regular truck is a manly truck, this one's a real art. I'm interested in the fact you can have more than one motor in it. Oh, you yeah, you can get a double. Well, you can put one in the back, I guess. You can haul a motor around. How about that? F-250, Sunbury Motor Company, sunburymotors.com, sponsors of On the Mark, which will continue with open phones at 9 a.m. This is WKOK Sunbury.
News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Joe. Yes, Ma. I'm here. I'm here. Joe, my papagram is with whatever us. Whatever you want to call me. I just don't call me late for dinner. No, okay. Well, I have all kinds of names for you. Like I know you some? do. <laughs> okay. First of all, my one name for you is Beep. Usually when the microphones are off, you tell me all those names you'd like to say. other name is Beep. Beep. Right. <laughs> all right. So I'm Mark Lawrence, subpar host of the show, if there ever was one. Lynn Hall, superlative in every way, so we appreciate all her help and hard work on the Mark Sponsor of the Sunbury Motor Company. You can check them out at sunburymotors.com. Toll-free line open 570-743-9565 that's 570-743-WKOK you can email us at on the mark at WKOK.com and text us at 70236 include the keyword OTM for that we go to one of the most patient men in America Jim who waited 20 minutes last hour and is ready to wait again a short time to go on the air good morning sir you're on the mark good Ashland. morning <laughs> hey um I think most people want a, a level playing field. That's all we want. Um, we don't want anybody to get over on anybody. Um, and so the the guy, Chris, last hour, he was totally on the mark. Um, it's a damn shame that um, the Justice Department and the FBI decide um, politically instead of factually the law is the law, and it should be it should be abided by. You know, um, did you guys see this thing about the postal service delivering uh, the driver who delivered ballots, completed ballots from New York down to uh, Pennsylvania? No, I missed that. Just now? Uh, they no, they released a port a report. They held the report for over a year, and then they just released it. The postal service did. It's on the Gateway Pundit. <clears throat> Oh, brother. But, uh, no, well, I mean, it's an actual report. Right, they, yeah, but the gateway, the, the gateway Pundit is huh? a purveyor of falsehoods. But in any event, maybe this is a true oh, report. Oh, okay. I, I, you know what? I honestly uh, only look at their articles I, with an open mind. I, I don't believe everything they write, but uh, when they write something that shows a government report, I would tend to think that the government, although they lie... Uh, <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, the Gateway uh, Pundit got the lie started on the Eric system that's being dropped by Republican states because of the perceived, um, uh, what is it, I don't know, what it is, malfunctions. The Eric system is this yeah, yeah. U.S. Hey, you know what? I, I would like a computer a system not being tied up to any computer. I'd like paper ballots like it used to be. And, and uh, what, um, you know, we used to be able to do this and... Uh, I did a mail-in ballot this this election myself. What? Uh, for the first time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, actually, it wasn't really a mail-in ballot. I turned the form in the last day, and they said you could vote here. Right. And I voted there at the election bureau. Yep. So, um, that's but it's still considered a mail-in ballot. Yep. But, they, uh, they talk uh, about same-day uh, voting. Everybody wants Pennsylvania to get same-day voting. We have it. <laughs> you just have to vote. We're all, yeah, true. We've always That's had same-day voting. We go to the polls on election day and vote. We all go in the same. I got right. you. <laughs> That's, That's same-day voting. Well, uh, uh, see that? Look what happened in Arizona. That doesn't seem to be the answer. But uh, um, 
By the way, why do we bury politicians 100 feet deep? <laughs> I don't know. Why? Because down deep, they're really good people. <laughs> Very good. That That's worth the whole show right there. <laughs> I like that. But, that's a good one. <laughs> uh, you know, if we're ever going to get uh, term limits on politicians, you know how we're going to get it? How? People like Joanne Sturr and Linda Culver. They're both fighting for you. They're both good women, and they get it. They know what's important. They're, at, they're from the community. They're not from the political cadre. And so uh, <laughs> I, I've got to know the two of them in the last two years, and I've been really impressed by them. Well, uh, you know? in, in what way? Are they going to resign from office after 10 years or something? No, 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 no. But I, I think they would if, they're to, if they I, I, if somebody would have pushed this forward. It wouldn't surprise me if it was them. We need term limits. There's no reason... Uh, I'll give you a, a prime example. Dave Argel is the senator that represents Schuylkill County and part of Wizard now. He's, this is his 39th. That's three nine years in office. Next year, he's up for re-election. It'll be his 40th year. <laughs> his pension is something like $133,000 a year if he were to take it. Mm-hmm. But he loves the power and the glory and... Um, you know, he, he he used to put out a mailer. I I drive this old Jeep. Well, yeah, he also took thirty three thousand or no twenty nine thousand dollar in per diem in twenty fifteen. So you know, we oughta. That's not. Uh, that's another system that because people got beat up over <laughs> politicians did. Okay. They they have uh, screwed that up that you can't find out how much money they've taken, which what? is sad because we ought to know. I, I was glad to hear it, but can you tell us why you told us you have an old Jeep? <laughs> Just curious. Have a what? An old Jeep. Oh, oh, he had an old Jeep. Oh, he well, had. I thought you said his, I had his, one. I'm sorry. He, he, his whole point was, I drive this old Jeep the, the, because I'm one of you, and uh, I got you. you. Know, uh, but, but we were paying for it every time it needed to be repaired. We paid for it because he was taking per diem. $29,000 was 33% of his salary back then. I think you're completing you know, a couple you of good topics. Can you imagine doing that? Uh, nope, it doesn't sound fair. All right, thank you so no. much, sir. Have a good day. Hey, you, you too. too. Thanks for calling in. All right. <laughs> we got the old Jeep fixed on taxpayer expense through per diem or per dia. Oh, okay. Is, well, is the plural of per diem per dia? I don't know. I always said per diem. It means per the day, for the okay, day, right? Right. Right. So you get paid to go to Harrisburg. Not days. I got $5,000 per diem. That means I got $5,000 per day. Okay, I got you. More than one day, it's still per diem. You got six per diems. Per diems, right. Or six per dia. How about pers diem instead of... Pers diem. <laughs> no, that wouldn't make sense. No, it wouldn't. All right. So where are we going from oh, here? Uh, news headlines. <laughs> right. I thought Very, you might want to think about that for a while. I'm still stuck on the old Jeep. <laughs> but anyway, in Snyder County, uh, the out-of-control 200-acre forest fire is out, but a new fire warning's been issued. John Portsline, Assistant District Forester for the Bald Eagle State Forest, tells us the fire was spotted Friday by a forester. The cause unknown. The investigation has noted that it wasn't a prescribed or controlled burn. Amount of land 
estimated to have burned between 200, or check that, 150 and 200 acres. Uh, up to 150 firefighters were converged on that at the time. They used the Mount Pleasant Mills Fire Department as their um, headquarters for that. And, or Port Treverton, I'm sorry, Port Treverton Fire Department. He noted that it was difficult work, and he thanked everyone involved. The warning is that we still have dry conditions. A red flag warning is issued by DCNR, uh, strongly urging individuals to refrain from any outdoor burning. As the state Senate returns to session this week, there's calls for the chamber to act on bills to combat gun violence. One of the bills passed by the House would require background checks on the sale of all firearms in Pennsylvania. The other would create an extreme risk protection order allowing guns to be temporarily taken away from those deemed to be a danger to themselves or others. Governor Josh Shapiro says there's a need to build a bipartisan coalition to pass these bills in the Senate. You know, we are the only state in the nation with a full-time legislature that's divided one chamber Democrat, one chamber Republican. Both of these bills passed the House of Representatives with bipartisan support. And now we need to do the hard work necessary to build that same kind of coalition in our state Senate to get this done. However, the measures may face a bigger challenge in the Senate. Mark Sims, News Radio 1070 WKOK. Speaking of the state legislature, the legislature welcomed its newest member, Representative Michael Stender of Sunbury, yesterday. He's a Republican, will represent the 108th District in Montour and Northumberland, elected in a special election last month. He's a former Harrisburg firefighter, was sworn in to replace Linda Schlegel-Culver in the 108th District. She is now a state senator, replacing John Gordner, who went on to work in the state Senate as Council. Speaker of the House Joanna McClinton says swearing in new members is a special occasion in the House. She's confident the 120,000 Pennsylvanians who collectively put the two new state representatives in office will hear their voice heard through those individuals. Boy, that's an analogy. Anyway, <laughs> um, the now I lost my place. Oh, uh, he and Heather Boyd, a Democrat from Delaware County, were also sworn. She was also sworn in yesterday that firmly puts the House back to 203 votes and uh, 203 uh, people, and it is democratically controlled at the moment. Looking to move out of state, you might want to think blue. You'd want to check out this report from Wallet Hub of the best and worst state economies in the country. Washington, Utah, Massachusetts, Colorado, and California are the top five best economies. Most of those are blue states controlled by Democrats. Well, West Virginia, Louisiana, Alaska, Mississippi are the worst. Of course, they're all red states. The numbers are based on 28 indicators, including gross domestic product growth, startup activity, and the amount of jobs in the high-tech industries. Well, that's not fair. How about the worst? Why don't you read those and tell us what where they are? Uh, West Virginia, Louisiana, Alabama, and Mississippi are all Republican states. They are? Yeah. Well, I'm assuming so. I think they are. Um, okay, we'll have to check. Yeah, check that out. So. They're the worst. Yep. Where does Pennsylvania fall? Uh, in the middle. Well, hey, we're not doing too badly yeah, then. Yeah, but we're purple, really. Yeah, well. Well, Louisiana's right. purple, too. They can go either way. But anyway, okay, so enough about that. Finally, 
The 79th anniversary of D-Day was is today. Today's the 79th anniversary of D-Day in the Battle of Normandy. That was when Allied forces landed in France to begin liberating mainland Europe from Nazi Germany's occupation during World War II. More than 150,000 American, British, and Canadian soldiers landed along a 50-mile stretch of France's coastline, carrying out one of the largest amphibious military beatdowns in history and ultimately the end of the war in Europe. So somebody called this today, this was the foothold that led to uh, putting Nazi Germany under. Does, does that sound yes, like an accurate description? Okay, so this true. is the foothold. One of my favorite stories is about the son of a president of the United States, Theodore Roosevelt Jr. He was a brigadier general commanding a brigade uh, on the D-Day landings, and he got landed about oh, a mile off, of course. And he looked around and said, well, we'll start the war from here. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, he died a few days later of a massive mm-hmm. heart attack. But, oh, uh, no kidding. How old was he? Uh, 60, 56, 56 Oh, okay. So he was uh, well into the military ranking and so on. Yeah. Yeah, D-Day, I, I, I certainly enjoyed the fascinating coverage of it and some of the um, dramatic movies about it, Saving Private Ryan and others, and, of course, reading about well, it. The great book uh, by Cornelius Ryan, The Longest Day, was made into a movie, but it's a fantastic book, too. Mm-hmm. And the movie was fantastic, although a little bit overly dramatized. Mm-hmm. But if you want to see the real horror of it, all you need to do is look at Saving Private Ryan and look at the special effects at the beginning of that movie, and you realize what those young men endured. Right, and that was just a tiny sliver of what was going up and down in all the different beaches and all the different places. Right. And uh, it's interesting, and you might know more about this, but uh, how far off maybe some of their calculations or their landings or the uh, you know the airborne troops that landed you know far from where they had intended yeah not close to or in trees or but they all did what they could do um, the classic of the uh, guy the paratrooper hanging off this church in St. Maryglis is something that you if you see it it's always going to stick with you he apparently played dead up there so, so the Germans wouldn't shoot him they were shooting at people coming down in mm-hmm. uh, parachutes but they did a funny thing they took these little miniature like looking people and put them on small parachutes and dropped them. And okay. it confused the Germans because from a distance it looked like, or close up, it looked like they were people parachuting mm-hmm. down from a distance. Uh, they did so many different things to confuse the Germans. Well, and uh, the military, like uh, some of it was, uh, they used camouflage tanks. Where was this? In England, they would put camouflage tanks there. That, or tanks that was that, the Third Army. Uh, cardboard uh, par- tanks. General Patton's bogus army. I think, what they call it, the 11th Army or something like that, <laughs> in the northern part of England. And they had inflatable planes, inflatable tanks. They uh, mimicked uh, the communications that a major army would have, all to con- convinced the the Germans who believed absolutely believed that the invasion would be led by George Patton. You know, they couldn't believe that he almost got cashiered out of the service for slapping a serviceman in in Sicily uh, earlier in the war. But, you know, he was still in the doghouse with Ike uh, during the build-up to the invasion. But they thought he was a good decoy, so they set him up in northern England with this bogus army and then actually did give him command of the Third Army when it became operational. 
That's that, that whole story is fascinating. Yeah, all of this history, and I'm, I'm glad so much of it is preserved. I'm sure much is lost, but I'm sure much is preserved. My and, favorite uh, part, my favorite part of it is that when the invasion took place, they were try, uh, Hitler ordered a number of divisions held back and armored divisions, and they could only be released with his say so. He uh, took that away from uh, the other generals who were running the show there, and when they had the uh, when the invasion started taking place. No one was allowed to wake him up. Oh, so okay. it was like six hours before he even responded to anything. Those divisions could have been on their way, and they might have thrown us back into the sea. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, that, that gaffe, plus many other, of course, our superior strength, and certainly the volume of individuals overwhelming them. Well, and the French Marquis, you can't overlook them. Well, all the the service they provided to slow down German reinforcements from getting to the, the Normandy beaches, blowing up bridges, doing things like that. I mean, they, they played Supply a big part in it, too. Supply yep. disrupting that. But when you stop to think, I, I always liked General Eisenhower had two speeches written. One, taking the blame if it failed on mm-hmm. himself, and the other, the one that he actually did give that talked about what a success, or that it was a success. We have both. What? You, you can still read both if you so choose. I've read the uh, the one that he wrote. If it failed, yes. If I, it I, failed, okay. Right. So we can we still have access to that. It's in a number of books, but uh, I can't quote it to you right now. No, here, no, no. Right but I, but this fi- suffice to say, it exists and it's around and it and can he be, took the blame. It can be read. Okay. Well, fabulous history, and thank you. And uh, World War II soldiers. Um, just uh, in lower and lower numbers well, around they here. they call them the greatest generation for a reason. I don't know that we have that kind of national will anymore. You know, it's sad to say, but nothing has unified this country as much as World War II did. You know, we realized that we had an evil that we had to face, and we faced it. And a lot of young men gave their lives up to make our, our republic what it is today. Yeah, I... Um, we, Maybe what it is today isn't the best, but it's still better than anything else. I came across the predecessor of the Shemokin News item. I forget the name of it now, but uh, they talked about the issues. It was at a function recently where they talked about the issues of the news item. They kept coming out and coming out. And, of course, in every daily edition, there were lists of local soldiers who lost their lives in, in World War II. And it was just... It was funny because it was just... Um, you know, everything else paled in comparison to what was in the newspaper at that day. You know, they would put that near the top and say so-and-so. You know, parents were notified via a military convoy that came yeah. to town and, and, and said this and told them that. And then all the other news was below that was, you know, incidental. Taxes going up and, you know, sort of the normal things of day-to-day newspapering. So it was uh, It's just a gripping telling of, of that story. Yeah, that's an interesting thing. I'd love to hear more analysis of that. Do we have the will to fight in that manner again if necessary. Would our young people sacrifice their lives for that? Right. Uh, It's hard to say. You know, I'd like to think that our country produces enough people brave enough and motivated enough that they realize what we've got here and they're willing to defend it. Well, we're capable of fighting distantly, but accomplishing some of the same goals, you know, with drones and a longer distance and more accurate artillery and uh, accurate rockets and uh, cruise missiles and so on. Maybe we can let our artificial intelligence take on our adversary's artificial intelligence, and that'll determine who wins the war. We'll all sit back and just say, okay, we win, but nothing's been spoiled and no one's lost their lives. Well, the lady that we interviewed today on uh, Sunrise talks about that. That this uh, no person left behind mindset really evolved during Vietnam. But at the time, uh, losing soldiers as missing or um, 
uh, POWs was common. That, you know, unfortunately, some individuals got left behind. All right. uh, We can talk briefly about uh, D-Day if you so choose, but uh, we have talked about discrimination on our program so far today and a tiny bit. Uh, The same thing we always do, just talk about what we saw on The View yesterday. Right. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, that's with... uh, Where Senator Tim Scott ate their lunch. (laughs) All right. Uh, You know, this guy is the real deal. You like him. I do. I really do. Right now, he's my choice for president. Well, yeah, and, and the good thing for you is you have some good choices there. you got Chris Christie and Mike Pence getting into it. Not that I don't think I would vote for Chris Christie personally, but Mike Pence, you know, just a fabulous leader, and Asa Hutchinson is... Well, I think Chris Christie's in this race only to do one thing, and that's to belt Donald Trump over the head every chance he gets. I want you to, to explain that. I've heard that same sentence, and I want to know what's behind it. So we'll talk about that when we come back. 570-743-9565. we got uh, one uh, caller left. Oh, yeah, we talked about banning the Bible in Utah because of its uh, violence and Old Testament references to, and some New Testament references. 570-743-9565. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com. Mm-hmm. When car repairs get difficult... Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6. 30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the Mm. out of auto repair. Great music. If you go to Penn State games, you hear this in the stadium. Super loud during some of the breaks in the game. All right. Uh, we talked about discrimination. One of our emailers sent us a note. Why is it the equity insanity hasn't reached professional sports? The biggest and best is okay there. So, in other words, we don't have to have a quotas for professional sports. We must have two women on the team. Mm-hmm. Right. Know. It's not a rules-based. It's performance-based. Right. But I believe women kickers have tried to get into the NFL, right? Mm. I don't think the NFL, but they have in college football. Okay, yeah. All right, 570-743-9565. Dan's waiting to talk about uh, banning the Bible in Utah because of its uh, reference and or inappropriate references. Go right ahead, sir. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, thanks for taking my call. You know, banning the Bible isn't a very new thing. You know, the largest church... In the Dark Ages, banned the Bible from what they called the laymen. Only the clergy or the priesthood were allowed to have a Bible or interpret the Bible. They thought the laymen was too ignorant. But what what the truth was, they didn't want the laymen to take the Bible because he would understand the scripture and tell the truth about it. And when you have people wanting to ban the Bible, that's the reason 
they want to keep the people in the dark. Darkness abounds where the Bible is banned. And that period we refer to the Middle Ages was the dark ages of time. And the main reason, because Scripture wasn't allowed in the layman, as they call it, the layman, that he would read it and take it literally to understand it. It wouldn't be misinterpreted by the, by the so-called clergy or priesthood at that time. So Bible banning isn't new. And it, the enemy of the Scripture hates it. The enemy, which we all know who he is, he hates the Scripture and wants it banned. And he's been working on that from the from the beginning of the, the time the Scripture was written. From the beginning of the beginning. <laughs> yeah, from the beginning uh, since it was written, the enemy's been the enemy of God since his fall from heaven, which we know is Satan. So he's been the enemy of Scripture since because when we read it, we become enlightened and we learn truth absolute truth mm-hmm. and uh, is you know so well and I think the goal in these uh, crazy laws to make sure that uh, students are barred from reading anything that one parent says is inappropriate it's just the irony that's involved in that do you see the irony that they wanted to keep things that they object to out of school and they end up keeping the Bible that they treasure out of school well the thing is there's some I, I understand maybe pornography pictures as as parents that were outraged about mm-hmm. them, them need to be banned at certain age groups. Uh, I mean, they're not fit I, for. They're not fit for any of us. We don't need to see it. But I understand that that they should be banned, especially for age, certain age groups. And I don't think that. You know, we all read Huckleberry Finn, which has racist language in it, and it didn't kill us. It didn't make us racist. So we all read them kind of books, you know, that that were somewhat controversial, and and but uh, the if any nation that reads scripture of being an enlightened nation as we were in the United States more enlightened when we were permitted scripture in the schools and it was it was un, just an understood that it was a very absolute truth the word of the almighty to mankind Okay. All right. We got you. Thank, Thank you, you so Dan. much, sir. Thanks for Take calling care. in. All righty. You have guys a have a great day. You too, sir. Is hey. there any time left? Uh, you can yeah, you can talk for a minute or so if you have something else to add. wanted to bring up something yesterday. I did answer Joe's question, why Trump downs other Republicans. 
is, and I did answer it. I had a friend call me that was listening. He said, you answered Joe's question. It's because they're sinos or rhinos. They're, they're not conservative. You, that's, what, that's why Trump down puts them down, because they're only playing the game. They're not the real deal. So there's no room in the Republican Party for anybody who doesn't agree with Donald Trump. Is that what you're saying? No, it's not. It's, uh, it's That's not what you're that. saying. You're calling it's them that, names. <laughs> that's not that, Joe. It's a, It's because they, they come out and say the right thing, but in office... They don't do it. But you've called me I, a rhino on this program more than once just because I don't support Donald Trump. I like Tim Scott. I think he'd be a great president. He might be. And that's all going to play out, Joe. And I'm not... Yeah, I didn't... If someone comes along that outshines Trump and can do the job, can do what he's done, what he had done in the four years, I'd be all for him. But so far, I don't see anybody that that's going to do it. Now there might be. We'll see. How, how hard are you? How hard are you out. looking, Dan? How hard are you looking? Because there are quite a few quali- well-qualified so, people I, there. I, I, all the time, Joe, you, I follow what they say and see where they came from and what they've done. Okay. What about and Nikki Haley? What about Nikki Haley? She's got a great record. Outstanding record. She's conservative. She's got strong conservative credentials. Why can't you embrace her? I'm well, speaking figuratively, I, I, not literally. Her husband won't lie. Yeah. I mean, sorry. I said but, figuratively. Uh, <laughs> but you know, the thing is, I don't, I don't know how she'd do in the actual thing. It, DeSantis. There's one thing I agree with him. He said Trump cave under COVID-19. I'll agree there. Trump caved. And I didn't appreciate that. And and DeSantis has a good point. Trump okay. caved under that pressure. And and I was disappointed in him. And he also, what I disagree with Trump, he told us who to vote for here. The worst, some of the candidates that weren't going to make it, especially Doc Oz, and I disagreed with him on telling us who to vote for. So, Joe, I don't think Trump's near perfect. But what I do know, he made America, he bringing us back from the, I guess I could say, the dark ages of America. All right, we got that's you. What I, that's what I like about Trump, Joe. And I'll, and until someone else comes forward that can do the job, they're here. Stick with Trump, but I think one of these people you mentioned could be a vice president to Trump, and yeah. and do, work into it that way is what I'd like to see. DeSantis or Haley or Tim Scott, especially. I really, I I really admire Tim Scott, Joe. No, I think line, he, but it'll never be excellent <laughs> vice president. It'll never Trump. be DeSantis because he'd have to give up the Florida electoral vote, so that will never happen. So, all right, we yeah, got you, so Dan. Tim Scott then would be ideal as 
I'd like to see him as vice go. president. Nope. Trump. Tim, Tim Scott for president and Nikki Haley for vice president. Oh, that's a good ticket. All right. Thank you so much, Dan. Thanks for All calling right, in. You guys have a great day. Hey, much appreciated. Thank you, sir. All right. We've got to hit the button. We'll be right back. Here we go right from the Penn State fight song to Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Not bad. It's good bumper music. Thank you so much, Lynn Hall. Much, much, much appreciated. All right, we had two callers, and they uh, got impatient, so call us immediately. All four lines are open, so call us 570-743-9565. That's 570-743-9565. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com, and you can text us at 70236. I asked the question about the Band of Brothers uh, series that was on HBO, off mic uh, of Joe, and he remembered Dick Winters was from the Hershey area? Yeah, Major Dick Winters from the Hershey area. Okay. Isn't it funny? I pictured him as captain, but he's I uh, guess I'm getting saving well, private Well, he was Ryan. a captain before he was a major. That's generally the way Excellent it goes. Excellent point. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to field, in, in the field promotions. What do they call that? Combat promotions that you get in the military? Well, it, it, sometimes they're brevet promotions, which means that your, on, your temporary rank is major. Your permanent rank could be lieutenant. Okay. It's just saying that because of right now we need some other people in higher positions, but if you stay in the regular Army after the war, you're going to go back to being a lieutenant. Are we too selfish to storm the beaches today? I think it's a valid question. I'm sure a lot of folks have answered this. I'd love to hear some perspectives on It is. I mean, the young that. people who, who went up Point du Hoc and, and scaled those cliffs to Only take to out find the German guns. Yeah, the enemies was right there. Yeah, you know, the, the courage that that took. The young men who died just, um, it's just, um, I don't well, it's know, it's, it, always, really. it, always, it always makes me stop. I mean, literally, and when you think about what they did, how, what they overcame, how, well, the obstacles they had to face. Well, and I think uh, w- one description that I read today was that they knew the Germans only had so much ammunition and artillery and so many guns that would keep firing, and so they were bound and determined to overcome it by making them run out of ammo, make guns that fail, fail, and to make soldiers who might leave, leave. And that uh, a human life was used to create one of those uh, one of those impairments, no, you know, no. to get that turned around. The whole Ger- German defense was largely static troops on the on the coast, and they were depending on these reserves to come in and uh, these armored reserves to come in and push the Americans back into the sea. And uh, you know, um, wasn't enough. Well, it might have been if they had uh, assembled all of the armored units in one area close to the beach, which is uh, what the desert. General Rommel wanted to do. He was in command of the uh, the that section of the of the uh, western wall, if you want to call it, or the eastern yeah the western wall. He wanted to keep the reserves close to the beach. But Hitler, uh, General I think it was not von Rundstedt, but General Yodel or one of those wanted to split them up and keep some in, up by the Pas de Calais where they thought the invasion was going to take place. And so, and Hitler made another one of his brilliant decisions. He split it. Instead of putting them all one place or all the other, he split it up. And then he reserved to himself the right to decide when they were released. Okay. And he was too busy sleeping to be bothered. Isn't that something? Yeah, you know, you know. at one point, what always fascinated me, there were plans, uh, the British in particular had plans through the uh, OE, the operational uh, executive, to take Hitler out. But they decided at a conference that he was making so many bizarre decisions that he was actually worth a couple of allied divisions because he was just doing such weird stuff. Oh, okay. So as yeah. he continues to have poor leadership, then they 
start to talk about that. Then, then they were thrilled with him. <laughs> well, and I, I went to the Packwood House Museum about uh, maybe 12, 13 years ago, and they had a display about uh, life in the U.S. during World War II, uh, the austerity and the recycling and then, the, you know, the... Uh, rationing. Right, rationing of, of uh, common products, not just gasoline, but... Uh, food. Uh, food, sugar and flour and things like that, and how everybody banded together to do that. But they also, on the display of some of the military equipment, had one of the clickers that the airborne troops had used to find each other in on the dark. Day, yep. This is a clicker, so if you're airborne, you have this, and in the pitch dark, you can find yep. your fellow soldiers. One click means you're there, two clicks is somebody answering you. Okay. It was very simple, but it was very effective, too. Okay, and the Germans were befuddled as what that weird noise was. <laughs> All right, 5707439565. We're enjoying an open day. We've talked about U.S. presidential candidates, primarily on the Republican ticket. Uh, of course, there's only one on the Democratic ticket. No, that's not true. There's Bobby Kennedy's son. Well, that's true, and so is that um, Mary Ann Williamson, I think is her name. I'm not familiar with her. Um, and uh, talked about banning the Bible in Utah and discrimination, but our current caller would like to talk about uh, Tim Scott being hopefully the, what he thinks would be the greatest next president of the United States. Good morning, Lance. You're on the mark. Did I guess right? Hey, why, what's funny is I was going to call uh, about uh, Rommel and uh, D-Day and exactly what <laughs> Joe uh, articulated. I mean, just, to, you know, as an add-on. But anyway, um, we are about Tim Scott. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is, uh, I'm just taking little excerpts from this article that appeared in the journal by a fellow by the name of Lance Morrow. And I'll think America is stuck, deadlocked and frozen like the armies on the Western Front in 1917. You have to agree, that's really what's going on, isn't it? You're talking about trench warfare? Just about it, isn't it? I'm not sure I get your analogy. Well, what I'm trying to say is that what we have now in our politics is we have entrenched troops, right? One on one side and one on the other. Okay. I'm with you so far. Okay. Now, we need is an upbeat candidacy of national reconciliation. You think you could uh, pitch that to uh, break the Trump-Biden stalemate? I hope. It's a a good policy, I think. I believe... And Tim Scott just might be the candidate to do that. Agree with you there, too. I think he might well, well Joe be. Joe Manchin could do it, too, if we could just get Joe Biden out of the way. Yeah, well, that would be an interesting race. But, I mean, the problem, Tim Scott, it's, it's hard to attack him, although the cons- liberals want to because, you know, he doesn't defy, he defies their, uh, their expectations of what a black person should believe and feel. He doesn't believe or feel those things, and so they want to, they want to, you know, just dump him in the ash heap of history. He's a ridiculous exception, not the rule. No, he is the rule. Okay. <laughs> if you if you work hard and you dig in and you take care of, you know. Okay. All you need is somebody to mentor you. Can you look back in your career, and maybe Lance, you the same thing, and and name one person that if without them, you your whole life might have been entirely different. 
You know, is that white yeah. privilege or is that just the well, luck that somebody took you under their wing and mentored you and and gave you some knowledge and advice and wisdom that you might not have had any other way? Well, you were my greatest mentor, but my greatest detractor to both. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, your greatest mentor can be your greatest detractor, too. I mean, that's what makes you strong. That's right. what they teach yeah. you. On more yeah. than one occasion, I would pick up the ultra-loud intercom that Joe would hit, and I'd hear at the other end, Mark, 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 Mark. <laughs> I'm like, uh-oh. That's like at home if you hear <laughs> your full name and middle name spelled out by your mother, you know. I don't know your middle name. <laughs> yes, I do, Mark. <laughs> so. I also, we're talking about the uh, folks who were re- yeah, rejected to buy a gun. Here was one that happened. So, Hello? I'll be right back here. <laughs> I'm on the air. <laughs> okay. No, oh, my other phone is ringing. We just let it go. Yep, clearly. Um, anyway. Oh, my here God. Was, here was the scenario. The local gun shop, they called in for the background check. They said, hold that guy there if you can. Didn't give him a reason or anything. Said, how long, you know? He said, well... No more than half an hour. Tell him anything. Well, they didn't want to tell the guy anything. He was one of their best customers, you know. So I just said, well, we have no idea why the ATF says that, uh, you know, they can't uh, process your background check. And he's saying, oh, I did it at least 25 times, et cetera. Well, it was only 20 minutes later that state police car pulled in, right? Thinking, oh, wow, we don't know this guy very well. Well, here... What happened was he collects military vehicles, and he had a couple of them sitting, of course, around on this property. It was a fairly large property. And the township wanted him to show up at the hearing, you know, about his uh, cars because they had a uh, complaint. He never showed up. Hmm. Well, that was bad enough to hold him from buying a gun. Now, can you believe that? But that's really what happened. I don't. Yeah, I don't think so. That's not a. Uh, it's not. He's not wasn't convicted of a misdemeanor or a felony or anything like that, was he? No, no. But they they had subpoena powers, you see. So he mm-hmm. was out on technically what they would have called a bench warrant, and it's okay. just the township has. Is that a local case? It. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Local. Right here. Right here. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. I bet I know who it is. <laughs> Not familiar with that one. <laughs> Must be you, Mark. I bet I know who uh, it is. All right. Thank yeah. you so much, Lance. Thanks for calling in. Take care. Oh, yeah. You both. Well, Tom, Tim Scott, if he could pull that off. Uh, okay. Wonderful well, he's got a couple, two fans on this show, you and Joe. So, yeah. Yeah. all right. Thank you, sir. And I'll be more than willing to listen to his good views and see what he's got to say. I could support him, too. All right. 570-743-9565 is our telephone number. Or we're looking for another caller to help wrap us up. All four lines are open. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com. And you can text us at 70236. Always include the keyword OTM. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. 
That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. What a couple of Yep, yep, uh, upper right hand first. Tom says, what world are you MAGA clowns living in? Trump will be indicted, convicted, and jailed. Trump will never be president again. Do you buy that? you think he's going to be convicted? Can you become president again if you're convicted of a felony? No. No, you can't serve as president of the United States if you've been convicted of a felony. Isn't that funny? It's like a background check for first (laughs) in the Oval Office. uh, There there is some conjecture about whether or not uh, the special prosecutor, I guess, is almost wrapping up his investigation of the Mar-a-Lago documents. Yeah. So if he is convicted of that... I think that's going to put a lot of pressure on, or if he's charged with that, I think it's going to put a lot of pressure on those same people to take a close look at Pence and Biden. You know, and I think that's probably what Trump's arguing right now, that you cannot just let me stand on my own here. Pence is off the hook, correct? Well, on some things or the, the or argument everything. that they made, and it's not a bad one, is that Pence and Biden both immediately turned over everything that they had, whereas President Trump hang, hung on to some of the stuff and was reluctant to turn it over. He to obfuscated. Them. Well, he impeded the investigation. Right, if you no will. argument there. So I know I think. It will be very interesting to see whether or not he does get charged with this. Um, of course, then you have the the um, vote issue, the uh, stolen election issue in Georgia. Is that Georgia? Yeah, that's Georgia. So that's still hanging fire. Well, There's a lot hanging most out. Most of all, I think January sixth. But again, that's all. Yeah, well, that's another thing. You yeah. know, all of those are strikes against him. But I don't. I don't know that all of them would be uh, big felonies to keep do, you out of office. Do we really need Donald Trump? If <laughs> no. If there are Republicans in the field who can do the same things, who believe the same things he believed, who are willing to work for the same goals he worked for, but without all of the baggage. You know, well, that would require Donald Trump to say, I'm not, I'm not the ideal candidate. Well, there's more chance that... Um, oh, well, we're out of time. Bobby, you get a couple seconds. Go right ahead. No, we're out of time. Yep, we're out of time. Okay, okay. Well, that took care of that. All right. Oh, you know... Lance, that was President Biden on your phone asking for a donation. <laughs> yeah, that's why he called right back as soon as he said, I'll talk to you in a minute. Of course, President Trump would call right back. Look, I just need $65 from you. And 11,400 votes. Still looking for that in Georgia. You're listening to WKOK Sunbury.